Should be here in a minute. There we go. Save up to $500 a year compared to traditional services with YouTube TV. There he is. Hello, sir. Hold on. Does it work yet? Got to hit the button. There you go. Yeah. Hey, did button. you see Trey Turner slide into everybody's DMs the other night? Yeah. For sure. Like for president. How how do you like? How do you do that? Well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's one of those things like Ricky Henderson talks about, like. When you run fast enough, that's the slide, you know, mechanics of it, right? If you know how to down soft, you know, touch ground, if you may. You know, I watched a MLB Network special on him. When's that synchronization cutter nation combo coming back to life? Let's go. A <laughs> lot of yeah. movement. A lot of just straight ball. We got a, we got a couple of new shirt ideas that we're going to be working around. Straight ball. That's our phrase. Straight, straight ball goes far. So, they did a. I don't, I don't remember what the name of it, but it was when Ricky got put into the hall. By the way, he threw a first pitch out at Oakland. Dude looked like he could still play. Like he was <laughs> in such good shape. He was like fifty-five years old. Dude was just shredded. But they said at the speed at which he ran, and the impact that he hit the ground. He was probably one of the toughest baseball players to ever play the game. Mm. And it was it was really fascinating to hear that because you never think about like, yeah, we're sliding on dirt. You know, that's like baby rocks, you know, right. um, mm -hmm. that's a lot of impact. And if you're moving at, I'm going to assume he got to 20 miles an hour because you only have 70 feet to run. Then you're sliding really right. So yeah. how fast can you get in 70 feet? Right. But could you imagine just falling out of a car at 20 miles an hour? A thousand times, like a thousand times, fourteen hundred times to be to be really specific, fourteen hundred times, jump out of a car going twenty miles an hour and get up, and get up and just do this. Look at everybody and be like this. I'm straight. I'm gonna do it again. Just watch. We're good. I'm good. Hey, We're what are you looking at? Hey, mind your own. Mind like, your own, bro. Man, I want that baseball player back. I want the guy that's like I want a Dion Sanders. I want to – I know Otani's swaggy because he's, like – he's almost like a, like a 1500s type royal, like so, – like, he has that, that personality where I'm just like, you're like a regal person. You're very yeah. kingly, proper royal, you know what I mean? Right. But, you know, I want, I, want the, I want the MC Hammer time back. I want the guy who's out there. He's like, I know I'm better than you, and I'm going to prove it. That's, well, I mean, uh, we had Bauer – Right, we had that for a little bit. We get to see a little bit more of the emotion, you know, when the cameraman's pointed at the right thing, not cutting to the coach or something else. You know, I think that there should be the camera on the pitcher more often. You know, or or the, the you know, we don't do a good job showing the emotion of the guys. Right? Uh, I saw a video of Puig uh, last night. They're in the playoffs in in Mexico, and he's with Veracruz, and I played at that field. And he smoked a fastball to the deepest part of the park. 
didn't leave the box. You know what the camera showed? Him the not box. leaving the box. Oh, that's great. And him getting robbed. Oh. And then they just stayed on him. And they showed the just embarrassed stroll, bat drag caveman style back to the dugout. All They didn't cut away from it. They showed him all the way into the dugout. And you could just be like, dang, he's just, uh, you know? So. Did you see O'Double do that last night or two nights ago, whatever it was? Wow. He bat, did the announcer, nailed it. He goes, O'Double bat flip like he hit that ball to Pittsburgh. And then, dude, Cody caught it backpedaling. Didn't even reach oh, over I did the wall. That. Yeah, 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 like, I did. He didn't even rob you, man. He just he was kind of slowing down when he caught it. Right. He wasn't even in a rush to get there. So yesterday we were talking about, like, strength and conditioning. Yeah. And I remember you talking about when you were throwing 96, you could also dunk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what were some of the things that you were physically doing? Because we were talking about how, like, you're doing different things now. So what you did now versus what you did then. What's similar and what's different? Um, well, you know, I tried all the other stuff. And then um, when I got later in my career, it really came down to um, a couple key exercises that, I one, I just liked deadlifting. So, like, you know, um, hex bar deadlifting was something that just felt good on my body. Yeah. Um, so I did that more. It was very simple, easy, can't screw it up, still put a pretty heavy load on the body. Um, and then I started doing eccentric stuff, really slow, 10-second reps. And even get back into it now, I'm already seeing um, just your normal, your normal physical effects. The arms are starting to get a little bigger. Right. So it's just, it's just, you learn how to do it faster. You know what I mean? Time under tension, stuff like that. And then just throwing med balls. My lower back is just rock because I have not put that much torque on my body in a while. Yeah, man. Throwing med balls, lifting heavy. You know what I mean? So you just got to work through these things and go to a chiropractor, and roll out and massage gun, keep the hips loose all day, do your 90 90s. There's a lot of stuff you got to do, but you know, is what it is. I think it's fun. You know, it's fun to train. It's fun to show people how to train. It's fun to, I was telling uh, one of our interns here, I think we should go back to the beginning of live ABs now that like COVID is what it is. And I can go see how long I've been throwing. Cause it's been well over a year. Mm. It's well over a year now. So that's crazy. That we started like last, I think we started last April or May. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, it's fun. Been doing it for a while. <laughs> Been doing it. Uh, last night in Advanced BP, I actually had something. Um, I was feeling kind of weird. Arm felt kind of weird. And I threw a ball warming up. And I felt something in my shoulder, like, loosen up. And then it, the, the very next throw after that, something in my elbow, maybe from original injury, yeah. clicked. And I just felt more range of motion on the elbow. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. And now it feels like super loose today. I'm really excited about it. But interesting. Some gunk or some thing. And I've been, uh, 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 I'm sorry, accu- uh, what is it? kabuki barring my elbow and my tricep lately. 
and really grinding it out in the bottom of the tricep and the top, and it just feels amazing. So I was thinking just now about what you're talking about with the lumbar and like cracking stuff out. Do you, so I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Dr. Thomas Myers, uh, Anatomy Trained. If you haven't heard of it, that's a fascinating book if you're into the human body. But one of the things that he talks about is how the fascia is like saran wrap, right? And have you ever gotten saran wrap stuck together? It sucks trying to get it pulled back apart. Right? It takes forever. Right. You just mentioned something like, how many? I don't know what that means. Can you fix weathers? I don't know. Yes, I can. He's too flat, Big Earn. He's talking yeah. about for the Padres. Ah. His his arm slot's too low. He doesn't. He's not downhill. That's why his changeup's flat. Mm. He's, he's literally been underneath it, pushing it. It's been level. Hey, straight ball goes far, boys. Straight ball goes. Hey, Mateus, he won a lot of at-bats with a lot of uh, – did you see what I sent you? Did I you did. see the balls? I did. I did. Spinning yeah. the crap out of it. Yeah, his curveball was good. His fastball – He well, that's one thing we were working on when he's – he's coming in today at one. I just saw him yesterday, and he's already there with you. That's absolutely nuts. <laughs> Baller. Hey, he can, he can teleport. He can teleport. Dude. He's got the Rick and Morty ray gun. He just hits the interdimensional button and walks through it. There he is. Hey, what's up, John? Um, by the way, um, if you were to take his swing and I think just upload 20 pounds onto his body, like yesterday we were hitting. So we started seriously working together last June like seriously working together and with the underload axe bat he hit 85 a year ago and yesterday we were just hitting and he was peppering 85 with a wood bat and i was like just get a little perspective here dude <laughs> like you had to try your absolute hardest with a metal bat designed for you to hit the ball harder for you to hit 85 now you're living in a territory that you couldn't even sniff before and he kind of sat there for a second he was like you're right i was like i know You've literally gained, I don't know how, and then he went 90, 89, you know what I mean? So with a wood bat, you know what I mean? So like you're getting to the point where it takes time to go back to what we're talking about. The torque and the muscle memory in that fascia takes time to like teach your body how to do that. When you forget how to generate that torque, your body does too. And it's ability to hold that elasticity. Like I swung a whole bucket and then I did a little ruck in the, in a hill with Katie, like a two and a half mile walk, not with that much weight, weight that I've done before, but just torquing for 60 balls, 70 balls, plus a good medicine ball warm up before that, you forget how hard that is. You know, yeah. to build that up takes time, right? So even though you've been throwing for forever, and even though I've been still doing my rotation, it's still different than when you add the training aspect for it. Right. It's a different beast. It is. It is. It's hard to train. It's hard. Hey, what? Can you say what you say yesterday about long toss and medicine balls? Because I thought that was a great way to teach somebody how to like. Because I think a lot of guys often do want to get better at throwing. And yes, throw the ball. But we were talking about medicine balls and stuff yesterday. And I asked you, okay, so if I was trying to 
enter a long toss phase of strength conditioning. We talked about how many medicine ball throws would you do? So could you talk about that a little? Because I like that. I thought that that was super insightful. Um, well, I always feel like it's a progression idea. You know, you could start right. with your, your basic um, – the stuff that I was reading for what I felt like – I never felt like 10 reps of a medicine ball throw was enough. So I always felt like I would get actually get tired or somewhere around like 14 to 16 mm-hmm. going and then like letting my body recover from there and like working as a cardio explosive thing. Cause I feel like that's more consistent with what you feel as a pitcher. And so like I would do basically just kind of go through a circuit of med ball exercises and try to go through two sets or so and do like 14 to 16 on each one so it'd be like overhead slams right and then you try to rest for as little as possible Mm -hmm. try to go from there so you're still getting your cardio with it the intent of like just trying to you know break something with whatever extra which version you're doing whether it's step back or shuffle fires or uh, rainbow slams, pitcher slams cross body um one-footed jumps you know, there's so many different exercises you can do with it that simulate the force output of what a maximum effort throw is that has the mm. same feel. And you got real specific about like your weight too, like yeah. the weight of your. I would weight. go from like I never felt like once ten pounds felt medium. Like I had more fun doing pitcher slams and overhead slams with like twenty pounds trying to pull it from as deep as possible with a ton of momentum not like really tight and short like really long with it like whack here just like ripping it across just a lot really... of people don't like to be long when they do slams they like to be short yeah no I, I wanted to feel like i'm pitching i want this biggest circle that i can when i'm doing these things to really feel the leverage because you can move 20 pounds it's harder to move it closer to your body than to swing it See, that's one of the things that I always thought whenever I was doing like, like my favorite medicine ball drill for a hitter is like a shuffle fire, a happy Gilmore. I think it just teaches you how to just like really generate backside torque, hand him a 20 pound medicine ball. He'll figure out like, or she'll figure it out. You know what I mean? So when you just start talking about all these, like once the weight gets to a medium point, now you're getting to a point where you have to do so many more reps to feel challenged. Right. But the point is, is to get that challenge the second you do it, mm-hmm. you know? or at least when you get tired, 14 reps, right? Like that's quite a few reps. You know what I mean? Like 14, totally. 15, 16 reps, but let's continue that conversation that we had yesterday. You're, you're a much more in tune throwing guy and you long toss, right? And you've seen guys long toss, right? What would you say? Like, granted, it's a progression, like you said. So if I'm starting long toss at my max distance, let's say that's 275. I can only spend five throws there before I just I can't get it there anymore, right? What would you consider, like, your end goal to be? Like, how many throws, how far should I be able to do it? You know, again, it's it's different for everybody, but what's something general that you could say? Oh, it's. Uh, I think it's very easy. I think it's how far for how long, like you said. Yeah. So it, you, you got to set like a, um, like a limit, right? So like if 275 is your max, which would right. be like 80, what was that, 85 yards? Something like sure, that. sure. Like, 
let's say 85 because yards is easier to think about on a football field right. Right? so if 85 yards is your max then once you're five yards short right i think you could get five throws easy there if you really used your legs and shuffled right mm-hmm. how to be explosive and kind of like when you're at max distance doing almost a jog shuffle fire or run and gun idea it's okay it's entirely okay once you to get it completely opened up as long as you follow the same rules of what your throwing stuff is and you're not early on something or extra pronating or squeezing that would slow you down. You know what I mean? So, again, we're, like, I'm always looking at, like, where I was as a baseball player because I only know my story. I don't know anybody else's story, right? I don't have another life to tell you. You know what I mean? So, like... <laughs> I would be – I didn't have a great arm, especially towards the end of my career. I was throwing wrong, breathing out of the wrong eyelids, all this stuff. But I think I was like 280 maybe for like nine to ten throws. You know what I mean? And that yeah. was like – I mean, shoot, catchers don't even really play long toss that I've ever seen really that much. That's not that they don't need to, but I just never saw a lot of catchers do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I always – dude, right when I got to like throw number six – I could just feel my body just be like, this is significantly harder than throwing 127 feet or whatever a catcher throws, right? So I'm always curious to see, like, you're really good at long tossing. So time at a certain distance now, as I'm throwing further and further, right? Like, let's say I wanted to go to 100 yards, right? Would I want to, again, try to... Let's say I'm at 100 yards. Am I trying to stay at the same time, would you say? Or would I just, again, shorten the time, shorten the effort? Like, how would I progress from 85 to 100 yards? Well, you just have to understand the ideas of progression, right? So progression happens with pushing max distance, recovery, and repeat, right? So if it's 85, it's 85 for how long? And then you wait two, three days, probably three days. You know what I mean? And then you just trying to get to it as long as you're recovering and listening to your arm for what you're doing right i mean being smart starting from the beginning and going from there you might need to go once a week for probably three weeks or so and then start increasing the amount of times after you can handle the load so once a week once a week so like i know for me and how i would program an athlete right because i like to think of skills is also like strength power like throwing long toss it's very powerful right Mm -hmm. so would you like in a season right if i'm a starting pitcher how often am i going to long toss you're going to long toss the day you pitch if you're in the big leagues it's going to be the day that you pitch right what about preparation periods like how should long toss be treated it depends on the travel activity and if you have a four day or five day what about i i should have react let me let me say that again so if season is three, four months, right, what am I doing the other eight months with long toss? Oh, oh, you're going start once a week for, you know, give, give it once a week for, the, for two weeks, maybe three. Yeah. You know, feel good, start opening it up. Okay. And then it's, okay. it's you know, you've got to build. You can still throw – you could probably throw five of the seven days. Wow. If you had two, okay. two zero days. No, it would be good for you to recover with that. Mm. And so, like, what do you consider long toss? Like, at what point am I long tossing? I think long toss is max distance. That's it. So, once I'm at max distance, I'm long tossing. Right. 
Cause like, that's, I would equal that to like, cause here's one thing that a lot of kids kind of struggle with and you can see this, you've seen it, I've seen it. Coaches see it all the time. They don't know how to grade their percentages. So I like the idea of just like 100% is 100% is 100%. I like that. Like one of the things that I've found issues with in weightlifting stuff, right? I don't teach this way, but you see in like colleges, like, all right, we're going to be at 37% of our max today. Find your max. Here's your percentage. It's like, that's really oddly specific. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit easier if you can't. And there is backed like evidence to prove that that does work, right? But at the same time, like... <laughs> whatever <laughs> like i guess so if you look at I i'm always trying to find a way to like teach athletes how to take care of their bodies like you do so periods of long toss because i really think that's how you get faster that's how you run more that's how you jump higher you jump more you know what i mean but you can't jump all the time there has to be periods what kind of jumping are you doing what kind right. of running are you doing, right? So long toss is what What would you say it is to the pitcher? Is that like they're – you need to know how strong you are? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, now that we can track more velocity, throws, distance, things like that, you have to be able to – you know, if you're really going to help yourself get better, then you can track these numbers that mean things. You know, I mean, Dr. Heenan started that with the 90-mile-per-hour formula – of just writing down some just normal benchmarks of athletic activity and, and putting it into a formula, right? You know, um, is it based on some other ideas of progression through other people? Yeah, but it's a good combination of thing for someone to understand and generalize. So it's, I don't think it's bad. You know what I mean? When I put myself under the formula, the, I couldn't, I think there was like a 95 and a 90, I think the 90, like a hundred yards, which is 300 feet and then the 95 is 400 yard or 400 feet. Yeah. It's 400 feet. That's what it far. Is. Right. But in a, weird, in a weird thing, like I get it though. Like that's, you gotta have some, when I was 96. I could do that. I could, yeah. Yeah, I could throw it out of center field. So I could see that. That's 400 feet. I don't think people realize how far 400 feet really is. Right. Like, I don't know what you think about GPSs, but sometimes I think I'm like, you guys have no idea how far 800 feet is. Like sometimes <laughs> it'll be like an 800 feet turn right. And I'm like, that is 330 feet. I've seen so many left fields where I know that <laughs> distance, right? So I know you know exactly what I'm talking about too. But one of the one of the things that I've never not been impressed by has always been foul pole to foul pole long toss. And yeah. everybody that does it, that I've seen, except for the literally one guy that I went to high school with. There was one guy I went to high school with who he could throw it. I mean, forever, right? Got on a mound, and it was 81. Just couldn't throw hard, right? But he was the one outlier. But most of the guys that I've seen, like there was a story of Stephen Piscotti facing Trevor Bauer. Stephen went to, or went to Stanford. Trevor was at UCLA. Trevor shuts them absolutely down. And then the next day he's playing foul pole to foul pole long toss. So, like, then there's guys like that who throw 95, and then the next day they can actually, you know, still perform, right? So, I don't well, – I, I Hold on, let me, let's talk about that because I think that's, that's something that I have some 
you know, like that's uh, a story. I don't know how true that is, but that's a no, story. But I, I would, I, yeah. I, knowing what I know about Bauer and myself and how specific he has been and what he's learned, especially in the Asian culture of throwing, you know, they don't, they don't throw their whole lives too. And so they believe in a different type of arc and stress when you're throwing. And it's like, yeah, there is a way to throw the ball upwards and farther with less effort. That's basically, you know, in, in the thermal, you know, in the, aer- the aerodynamics of flight and how things move at an upward trajectory, this 60-foot throw requires, gets maybe like twice the distance with the same effort with an upward trajectory with backspin. And so I'll say this, if you build it up to a capacity that can handle that amount of stress because you are throwing massive amounts of bullpens and every time you're in a game and the game day is the easiest day because you don't throw as many pitches, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a training strategy. And, and, and you cannot throw 15-pitch bullpens and be ready for – like the fact that people think that you should – your 60 pitches in a game should be your longest outing of the week is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like you, Very you should be throwing a hundred pitch pens. And Training camp is way harder for fighters in the fight. A lot of them right. would say that, right? For sure. A lot of them would say like, "Hey, dude, you know you're fighting ten rounds today of five minutes, and you get a fresh guy every two rounds, and you're tired the whole time." You know what I mean? Right. So, and then you get to the fight, and you're only fighting three fives. So you just did almost triple the work rate for that night so if anything i like what you talked about when we first started doing these was the 200 pitch bullpen 300 pitch bullpens at the japanese korean one or the other whoever you said i'm not sure but both 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 right that's dude that's work man like again it's not saying that you have to run ultra marathons to run a marathon that's a different thing but i think if the idea was you have to have a certain amount of steps to run fast. That would make sense. Like you have to know how to move right for your body in order to actually run fast. But if you haven't put in the work, then like it's, it's going to be hard for us to tell you like how to be fast for your body. Hey, uh, Slater's trying to jump in real quick. I'm going to see if I can add him in here for us. Can we do a three person one of these? That's incredible. That's incredible. It's fascinating. Here is. I think he is. Let's see what we got. He was in the- like a house party. Slater had Tommy John too and um, ACL uh, surgery too when I met him. So he's a recovering guy. He's up to 90. Let's see if we can get him in here now. Let's see. Come on, Slater. I can't get over that Trey Turner slide, dude. It's all like- over. Dude, dude every- how do you stop? Engine just bop. Like, that was so good. That was pretty – I mean, he was flying. Flying. Like – That was some uh, – what's the guy from Mighty Ducks, too? Oh, dude, that guy's one of the best in the whole movie. That was a little uh, Kenny Wu, you know, the figure skater and the Mexican guy from Texas. It was a little bit of both. Wasn't the Mexican guy from Texas the same guy from um... – isn't that Benny the Jet? Yes, it is. It's Benny the Jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of fell off in terms of a role in a movie, but whatever. He's still a superstar. Right. You know? 
Best call well, I mean, in sports is woo, 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 Kenny Woo when he splits the defense. <laughs> woo, 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 Kenny Woo. What a call. What a call. Hey, we're getting spammed here. Yeah, we are. Dinoswing. Hey, that means we've made it. When you're getting spammed, you've made it a little bit. <laughs> What's Dinoswing? So they, okay, I don't know about your products, guys. I'm not going to dog you, but you're clearly watching us right now. So I'm just going to ask you a roundabout question. You have a shifting weight inside of a wooden bat. I'm curious as to how that dictates ball flight as well as what's happening in here, right? Like, what if I'm a one, two, three kind of guy? You know what I mean? Like, it, there's just, I have questions about shifting weights. I have I have, like shifting weight, a bat doesn't shift weight when I'm swinging. It is the solid piece of metal the entirety of the time. It is not shifting weight. A ball does not shift weight. My glove does not shift weight. My body shifts weight, right? So if you were to put like, I love the, the speed trainers, actually, where you can run, 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 and eventually they pull off when you hit a certain amount of force, right? I think that could be actually great for a certain amount of rotation. You just feel enough pull, but then when you hit the right force, it could release. Ah, the centripetal force of the shifting weight forces your hands to stay flat. Hmm. Hmm. I need to swing it. I got to swing one of these suckers. Like, I'm not going to say anything about it until I swing Hey, it. we need a sponsor. We need, we need a review. We need a... Uh, I will know. be perfect. Dynaswing, I will show you my velocity as of now. I think my last peak velocity was 95 in front toss. Okay? So, if... I would like to know what kind of gains you could get me. I would like to ask any of our pro guys to swing it currently. I'll find one. I'll find one. I'll find one. Sliders. Like, do they break? Because, like, is it a bomb bat? What's happening? Is it, like, I don't know. Is it a bomb bat? Is it a... Where? Everything going, boys. Oh, look at us. We are in the game. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? Good. You like you like this uh, attire I'm wearing right here? Yeah, dude. You don't look like a baseball coach today. <laughs> Almost, eh? Look at the man meat hanging out too. Like true two button, no undershirt baseball player. Oh, hundred percent. We wouldn't do it any other way. Alex, how's it going over there? Nice to finally meet you. I'm good, man. You. I'm reading Dinoswing right now. They're reinforced with aluminum tubing, dude. Yeah. These are Whoa. some wild bats, dude. This is some crazy engineering, guys. This is pretty incredible. If you built all that. How much is it? Man. It's genius. It's very uh, genius. I love uh, companies. Why don't you explain it to Slater? So Slater, I understand. Do you know what it is, Slater? Dinoswing? No, I've actually never heard of it. Okay, so according to the source, Dinoswing themselves, it is an internal shifting weight. So there's a, there is a shifting weight that forces our hands to stay flat during the swing. It is $150, $149.99 American. Okay. American, right? That's Not a, Canadian. That's some interesting technology right there. I love it. Two college students. Awesome. He's in school. Uh, cool. Good for good you reason. guys. Good for you guys. So, I, nice to meet you. Nice to talk Great to you. Great to meet you. Great to You're going to see Mateus today and tomorrow, so have fun. Oh, um, are you really? I was just going to say thanks for sending him our way. Yeah, 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 dude. No, he loves you guys, and I, I love that he actually likes – I like training in different places personally when I do, like, martial arts and stuff like that because, like, 
you can't go to the same jungle all the time. You're only going to know about one jungle. You have to go to the different parts of the jungles to figure stuff out, right? So exactly, exactly. If uh, and if he can go to another place and still hit well, then it's more like so you kind of know how to hit, right? You don't just hit in one place; you can hit in all places, right? So exactly. um, I'm excited for him to come down there. But I actually have a question for you now. So I have: <laughs> Have you ever seen the big time timber long bats? Have you ever heard of those? Big time timber. I don't think so, actually. So that is my. I think that is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. favorite tool for hitting. Look at this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like. So when I was at Driveline, I will. And now this isn't necessarily true because I did a lot of stuff there, right? <laughs> okay. I think personally, these three bats did the most for my swing because it taught me how to understand distance management with my barrel. Okay. So I wasn't running into barrels back here. I was running into barrels out here, but with whip. And okay. so you go with a 36 inch, even 36, 36. And then they have a 38 drop zero. Then they have a 40 inch, right? So you use those three bats like you would an ax bat series, right? Then you go to your bat. So I swung a 34. So I would go 36, 38, 40, and then swing a 34. And you, like, I'm not a hands guy because for me, if I start getting handsy, they get forward. So I have to kind of swing like you where I really feel like I'm turning the wheel back here. You know what I mean? So when I felt those bats, you draw that straight line without having to draw the straight line. Because if you swing a 40-inch bat, you have no choice. You exactly. have no choice, right? And, it, and, and then, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. And then it adds more distance because it's like hit with a fungal bat. So if you square that sucker up, <laughs> it's going a long way. Yes. Yeah, which is, I don't know if John's told you. So I swing a 34 and a half in game. Oh, wow. And I swing. It's about a drop one, maybe even. What is it? It's a, you know what? I've been swinging a stallion bat. Um. They're out of San Diego. It's my friend's uncle that's uh, popping them out. And, you know, it's a great deal. Great piece of wood. You know, I uh, wanted to do a little uh, R&D work on it. And uh, sure enough, uh, first, second game, I actually used it. Or actually, first game, as a matter of fact. I hit three dingers with it. Did you use so, that bat when you hit that ball to the moon the other day that John posted? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, I used oh, what I used. I used one of these composite bats. I had all my bats in Mexico. So I was batless. It was an international affair. It was an international affair, as you know. He's all over. But besides that, um, yeah, I end up having to use that. I haven't used the 34 in a game since before my knee operation. Um, sure. I mean, so this is what three, four years ago, maybe now with Corona. So, yeah. And, uh, and I am. I was raised uh, working with uh, Kevin Mitchell. Okay. Uh, so 89 nationally MVP and. He, uh, I mean, he had those 54 jacks that one year, and he was a big, big fan of the big bat. Yeah. He's, he's a small guy. He's the 36-36 in-game, by the way, which is insane, as you know. And he was he was a true believer of it actually makes you use the body. Wow. You know? Why get handsy when we could have Ooh, a big I like body? That. I like that. That's like the 20-pound med ball idea, right? Yes, get, exactly. Exactly. Flip. You can only pull it the right way. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you get slacky and cheap. That's what we do, little kids, all the time. Yeah, you see it. You see it all the time, and you see them get handsy, as as you just said, Alex. You know, and uh, that's what we're trying to avoid in the most. Part. A message to that timber company. Yeah, and so yeah, man, I, I, I'll I'll be a plug for them right now. Like 
the 38-38, I remember Tanner Stokey, shout out to Driveline Baseball. That dude really helped me with my swing. He used to literally just put the round of the 38-inch because I my favorite round was hook em drill where I'm just working on my backside and keeping my front side closed. Oppo doubles with a 38-38. If I do that and I have a good round, it's game over for the rest of the day. It's just every swing is going to be wham. And it was just this one drill. This one bat, I've never felt anything quite like it. Like, you can hit a ball 400 feet with a 38-inch bat. You're figuring stuff out. And to oh, yeah. right field, like, you're figuring stuff out, right? I didn't know it at the time, but now that I don't have it, it's like not having, like, bread and you're trying to make a sandwich. It's, yes. it's hard. It's really hard. You're trying to figure out the last pieces, and it's like whip is hard to teach, because you need big things to help you teach whip. You need really big, giant, almost like oars. You need oars, yes. right? Because that's how you really feel your whole body, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, there's, uh, yeah, it's an advertisement for big-time timber bats. <laughs> so, so I call it – I say if a bat's too light, I call it the wiffle ball bat effect. Yeah. You know, yellow wiffle ball bat. There's no whip to it, right? So you're chopping the ball, bat speed – or the bat plane is – almost it's almost nothing you know so and then when you go to the ball it's almost a zigzag pattern if you know it's breaking down slow motion that's why you have to go directly to the ball so yeah. I, I see kids even swinging metal bats too like you know and that i see it in sense, the actually wow you just like you so i told john so I, i'm into archery as well and I'm trying okay. to figure out the best kind of arrow to penetrate an animal and, like, kill it, not to get morbid. But I am i don't want to hurt an animal. I'd rather put it down than yes. hurt it, right? Yes. And one of the things I've been talking about is the longest time in, in the gun and the archery industry, they've been preaching speed, 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 speed. And this guy's like, you're not going to go through anything if you're just shooting this super light, fast thing. You need some weight to it that can help penetrate. And so I was talking about him with spin and – and all that but that makes sense too because like i don't want to just hit it i want to crash into that thing and just overload it yes you know and and on top of it all you're creating this beautiful bat plane all the way through the zone yeah you know with yeah. this heavy bat because it makes you get back there it makes yeah. you get with it you know it does a lot for the body i like this and, uh, and uh i mean a lot of people don't really think about it they think like you said speed you know speed 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 yes Yes, it could be a good thing. Pitching, I think speed is a big one, you know. But um, there's just so many variables to hitting. So Timing is hard to beat, though. Timing is yes. very hard to beat. Yes, and that, that's what I was – I know John knows I'm a big uh, fan of the foot down, you know. Just right. Get out early. If you have a lake, we can even get that foot down early, too, yeah. you know. I mean, uh, a lot of kids, they get, they'd never see a leg kick from the side view on the TV, you know. Right. It's very rare they see it, and they don't really understand it as much. You know, they think it's a, you know, a cast, you know, weight, uh, weight shifting, whole body moving like a pitcher. You know, which yes, it's we could have a powerful swing, but uh, all the variables in hitting, right. fastball, curveball, right. who who knows what else? You know, it's it's almost impossible. You know, unless you're timing up one pitch, one spot, whatever the case is. Yeah, that's funny that you talk about heavy bats. I tell parents to buy their kid a heavy bat all the time. Like They're like, I want to make sure it's light enough for him to swing it. And I'm like, he can probably swing it. It weighs less than a pound. Like, exactly. probably going to be okay. 
<laughs> exactly, one way or another. He's like, gonna... what's, a, what's a heavy Little League bat? Like, 23 ounces? Like, that's a pound and a half. Your kid's gonna be fine. Like, you know, I was thinking, I I mean, I swung, I was 9 or 10, I swung a yeah. 31, I was a big boy, of course, but yeah. I swung a 31, 32, drop, whatever it was, 7, 8 yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And now I see these kids swinging drop 10s, 30 inches at 13, 14 years old. I'm like, drop 13s at like aren't you going into high school? Yeah. Aren't you going to high school soon? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I know? had one kid hit me. He was swinging a drop eight, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to high school next season. I was like, you should swing a drop three. He was like, well, I'm just swinging this to build up my hand speed. I was like, you should swing a drop three. And he was yes. like, what does that mean? It's going to slow me down. I'm like, yeah, but don't sprinters lift heavy weights too? And he kind of looked at me like I would just like screwed his brain up. He was like, oh. <laughs> he had no idea what hit him. No, but it's also we're also missing the bonus multiplier of if you can swing a heavier bat, it it allows you to have more force and weight behind the ball. So, you know, when you hit it, you know, it, it's there's physics involved there. Yeah, you cannot swing it as fast. But you don't need to. You you get the uh, you get a little different effect of it when you do that. That's why you were hitting it 400 feet because you were getting that big heavy bat around on time, you know. And when it's on time and you sweet spot it, that that's what happens. That's what I was talking about with the arrow penetration. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to just hit it and like just hit it. Like you want to go through it. Yeah. Easy. And I like how that. Yeah. Like there's also a common misconception that like Barry Bonds swung a 32 and choked up. No, he didn't. He swung a 34 and choked up to a 32, and he also had this huge barrel on the yeah, thing. Wasn't it like a billy club? Like he could have killed an animal with it? Yeah, exactly. I want to say it was like a yeah, it was like a 34 or 34 and a half with a big fat barrel on it. Like, yeah, that's why he could keep his hands inside. It makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. And I want to do a big thing on data with, um, with big bats, of course, but uh, with a cup and with a cup and without a cup on the end. Oh, wow. I think it, I think it plays a big difference. Yeah, and you're a no guy, right? What was that? Are you a no cup guy? I'm a cup guy. Uh, no oh. cup guy. Excuse me, no cup guy. Yeah, you're no right. cup. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, I feel like you know more weight in the head, more you, I can miss get a ball off the end and still have more of a chance. I wonder how what would that be like a half an ounce? Half an ounce, but I really believe it takes away from the sweet spot. Uh, or or where the sweet spot is yeah, on the bat. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're removing density. Right, it would make it yes. heavier. Yes. yes, it's density for me. I think density goes a long way in these bats. See, I but mean, if we... you're swinging a 34 and a half inch bat, I feel like that's relative though, because your sweet spot's massive. Yes, and that's and that's why I do swing it because I honestly do. I know no bat on the market that they sell in any sporting goods store that sells a bat that can fit my. My way. How side. tall are you? I'm six foot. Six Five foot. Good day, son. I'm tiny. I'm I, I mean, I've seen. I mean, I have my high schooler kid. My high school kids swing my thirty-four and a half inch bat, and and I didn't realize it. About halfway through the season, I saw, saw a couple of kids go up with it. And Dude, I have kids hit with my wood bats all the time, and I'm like, just buy your own. <laughs> Well, like, but I saw these kids going up with it, a 34 and a half, and they're swinging it with ease. I'm like, what? Hold Something's on, going on here. Pop, hold on. Casey Pop just asked a question. What age should I get my son to play baseball? Whatever right. he, he wants to, man. What What's the center fielder for the Brewers? Uh, Lorenzo Kane. He didn't start playing until he was 17. Look where he's at. You know what I mean? So, Played against him. 
played against but, him. But oh, the so earlier the better when it comes down to this. The earlier the better. Saw him hit five ball over a scoreboard and they got drafted. We were all like, yeah, yeah, right. Dude, I heard a story that he grabbed a bat the wrong way the first time he grabbed it. And they had to reteach him how to hold a bat. I'm like, that's bananas. Because you know how much time I dedicated to baseball? <laughs> and that guy just Insane. walked onto a field one day. I'm going to try this out. We'll switch your yeah. hands, Chief. Oh, insane, right? Look where he is. He's, he's honestly a dangerous hitter. He's very powerful. If he puts the ball in a gap, he's going to run like a racehorse. You know what I mean? And he can throw. He can catch. Like, it's bananas. Oh, yeah. I mean, to my understanding, what, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, started like 12, 13 years old swinging. Dude, I know that, that, that uh, that's crazy to me that at that, that age, you know, at least. Uh what's his uh Carlos Beltran didn't start switching until he was like eighteen or nineteen years old. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Right? And of course of course we know the, the Billy Wagner story on the mound. Right? I don't know that story. So he he was a righty. Righty growing up, broke his arm in high school. Came up on the bump left, he throwing the hundred plus. Did he throw ninety seven for the right side? Uh, probably not, but we know oh, it was hundred plus from the left. I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he was like an average righty, and he like broke That's his right arm. Hilarious. Yeah. And then just like so. started throwing into it or something like that. Turns Campbell out he's really left-handed. Campbell has the same weird thing where like he broke his right ankle, and it was like bad. It was like right ankle and right leg or something like that. Fell off a bike, something crazy. And then they had to put a boot on it, and it got—it was like some weird other thing that happened to it, where it got delayed, and they had to go do another surgery. So he was like in a boot for six months, and he just threw from a knee. And then when he got up after that, he just stood up and threw like ninety-two at like sophomore year. Wow. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Hey, I'd like all three of us to help because I got to go after this. But JT Thomas this is a great one for Slater and I, and the guy who breaks wood bats. Um, what kind of wood bats would you like to buy, JT Thomas? He's asking, what are the best that you could recommend? I mean, how big's your paycheck? How big's your checkbook, man? <laughs> Depends on how deep you want to go into that pocket. Personally, you should – this is what I think, that I'll let Slater go. I like to go to Dick's or buy X-Out bats for BP and then just get two really nice gamers that feel or they're the exact identical bat. In my opinion, I heard this stupid-ass quote in high school. It's not the arrow, it's Indian. It is the arrow because I shoot archery. So uh, it can be the arrow, right? So if you shoot a different arrow every time, you're going to get different results. But if you know the length of your bat, like Slater knows, you know the length, the weight, how this thing moves, it's going to help you hit. So get bats that are all the same. Whatever you get, get as many bats that feel the same in your hands. They swing the same. They're not different. Okay, whatever you get. Yes, I agree. I agree. And, uh, and especially when it comes down to wood bats, you have model after model of different cut, and uh, it gets it gets crazy. It gets a little uh, brutal. But I I say go out, maybe play a couple with a couple cheap bats. Try to find the model you want. I'm a big model guy. I really think uh, the model of the bat plays a big role in the swing. So uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a top heavy bat guy. You know, I love an end loaded bat just because it makes me feel my bat more. It's that. Uh, it, it stops of that whiff ball effect that we were talking about. But, yes, I agree with you, Alex. Once you find that model, stick with that model. Don't Buy a thousand it. of them. Yes, yes, and that's what I try to do, you know. Yeah. My bats aren't in Mexico. But, uh, what's, uh, what's the 
model, you guys say out your, when you guys don't know what model means, why don't you guys say what your favorite model is? You go first. Uh, I am a big, <laughs> I love I-13s, and I was a big 271 guy. Okay. Um, it has a small barrel on 271, but the top, the end load in this, and my bat plane was great. Yeah. But uh, those are, I'm those a, are big ones. I'm a 271 with a thicker cut. It's called a JB9 by SSK. Oh, dude, Javi Baez 9 model from SSK or the RC24 from SS. I'm an SSK guy. That was like my brand towards the end of it. But, dude, those bats are just balanced and hard. Yes. I like a balanced yes. bat because I was more of a doubles guy. I had pop, but I was more of like, I'm trying to hit the shit out of wherever I can. Right? Yeah. And... I don't think I ever grabbed a bad RC24. I broke a couple JB9s, but I grabbed a, a Robbie Cano bat, and I was just like, this doesn't feel like a Woody. This feels very light, but sturdy. It was good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm... He used to hit laser beams. Weird. Dude, he, in my opinion, he's the best hitter I've ever seen. He, he's like third all-time in the Yankees doubles, and he was there for like five years. You know, like, he's he's good. He's very good. That's insane. He's yeah. got like 480 doubles or something like that as a Yankee. And he was there for five years, six years. You know, that's. Those, those are unreal numbers. Or nine I years. Would love, I'd love to have one in the league. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'd love to just get a, you know, little church single, you know, just like a little four or five hopper shortstop. Can't pick it up. They give you a hit anyway. I'd be happy with that. Oh, yeah. But, it, it's funny oh. you said you're an SSK guy. I was I was swinging BWPs. Kevin Mitchell was with BWPs. Oh, yeah. BWP. And those, it's same wood, same wood as SSK. So really? Using it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, BWP I, had the best paint jobs. You could get a blue red bat with a white oh. handle. Oh, yeah. Oh, All right. yeah. Go real patriotic on us. Well, hey, yeah. guys. Appreciate you guys. Take uh, care of the boy while he's down there. Definitely, definitely. Glad to sure. hear he's down here again. Okay, definitely. Hey, you guys appreciate have a great day. Great podcast, guys. Good one. Definitely. See ya. Appreciate you guys. Later, guys.